episode two, previously on Nothing But Potatoes. Honda Elements, Cicadas, TV shows, and defining what an expert is. Yeah. So now we're jumping into episode two. Which we really have no agenda on, except we did mention in the previous episode that we would talk about the reason why Nick got his Honda Element, which was so he can fit his bike. Exactly. So which, we will do that. Yes. Which, uh, are we just jumping into it? If you'd like to. All right, all right, all right. Let me, let me slow my brain down real quick. <sighs> okay. Yeah, so <clears throat> I have a, uh, an electric bike. It's called a Super 73. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. What's their website, in case they website, uh, The website is super73.com. Cool. Um, I've been all over that site. It's Their bikes are really cool. The only issue they seem to have is keeping up with the demand. Like They got really popular last year uh, because of COVID. Like most e-bike companies, like blew up last year, so uh, everybody wants to get outside and go ride their e-bike. Um, so it took a few months for people to get it. Last year they were recording like six months sometimes, like forever, to get the bike. And now, when I ordered mine, I ordered mine back in January, I think, January, January, February. And when I ordered it, it came in. Uh, well, first of all, I ordered it, and I waited. I waited. I'm very impatient when I order something because I want to see some progress or else I'm like, it's never going to come. So I waited and it eventually, uh, eventually I had to contact them because it had, it never moved progress. It just sat at like in progress. So I waited like patiently, you know, and then, um, after I didn't see any progress or change or anything for two weeks because I, I figured it's going to take a while. I'll give them a little bit of time. So two weeks I waited for some progress, never came in. So I, I reached out to their uh, support via their website and uh, it was one of those like online chat things. And um, I forget the woman's name, but she reached out to me and she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. We'll get the, we'll get it out to you, um, you know, within the week. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm sitting there waiting within the week and, I'm, <laughs> and it's literally like at the end, like, you know, week, seven days. Right, so this is like the last day of that week of the seven days, because see, so for some people a week is five days, right? Like a like a yeah, yeah like a business, business week day versus an actual. But I'm 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 sitting here saying I will wait the full seven days just so I can say that like it's been a week, yeah, right. So I waited and they and they ship it out on the sixth day, like at the end of the day, and this is like the last day to do it, and I'm like, okay, dope. So, but she said. I'm sorry for the inconvenience. We're going to refund you the shipping. The shipping is $150. So I was like, I'll take it. Thank you very much. <laughs> so they refunded me the shipping on the bike. And then um, uh, it came. It took a while because it's not shipped by like USPS. It's shipped by a different type of shipping company. And they ship large packages because the package is really big. Right? So, I was going to ask that. So. Yeah. They ship the, so they ship the bike basically completely assembled aside from the handlebars. At least that's how mine was. Okay. So the handlebars are hanging off, but other than that, the whole bike was assembled. And um, so when it came, uh, you had to call for them to pick up. So nobody called me. 
I, I saw it. I saw it at Dulles because I was tracking it, right? And so I was like, man, this, the bike's almost in the area. I'm like, I'm too impatient, you know? Don't overdo it, Nick. So I waited another like two days or so and didn't hear anything. And it's, this was like Thursday, so I, was, I knew like once it goes in the weekend, I'm not going to hear anything until Monday. So I called them and I was like, hey, so, you know, th- I see the trackings in this area. Do I need to do anything, right? That's how you always preface it. You're like, is there anything I need to do to, in order to, you know, make sure I'm doing my part? And she's like, oh, no, they're going to call you. But, you know, since you're already here, what's a good day? And I'm, I said, any day. Just bring it to the, you know, as soon as you can. So um, they ended up bringing it, and I got it. It was kind of heavy, um, but I brought it in the house and took it apart. And once I took it apart, put everything together, I was geeking out. Because the thing is, is it was in February, so it was cold. Like, we're in, we're on the East Coast. It was very cold. Um and so once I got the once I got the bike, I couldn't wait to go ride it. So even though it was cold outside, I still I still like hopped onto it <laughs> right away. So I charged it. The, the the biggest downside of the bike is it takes like five to six hours to charge the battery. Okay. So you're just kind of you're kind of sitting there just staring at the battery like hurry up. <laughs> how long does one charge last when you charge it? So it depends on how you ride the bike because they'll rate, I think, 35 or 45 plus miles going 20 miles, like a maximum of 20. The bike has different modes. And some of the modes, it will limit the speed or how much power is put out from the motor. So when you're in those limited modes, you get longer range. If you go unlimited and use the throttle, you get like 25 miles, 20 miles maybe. So to actually to test this point, yesterday I took the bike on uh, a trail in this area called the WNO, which used to be a train track, but they converted it into bike path. Um, and I took it on that trail, and I went, I would say, 18 miles, right? Because yeah. it's it from where I started, it was 10 miles, and I went up to the 19 mile mark, and then I came back. So 18 miles there and back. Yeah. And the battery was fully charged. So when I came back, the battery was about halfway dead. So when I went up, I rode and I, I did some pedal assists. I didn't throttle only. I kind of did the pedal, but I didn't, it wasn't only pedaling. So I was kind of switching between pedaling and like throttle and pedaling and throttle. Can you explain more what uh, pedal assist is? Uh, yeah, pedal assist basically just allows the bike to um, like assist <laughs> or help you uh, when you're pedaling. So imagine... You know, when you're pedaling on a bicycle, you're doing all the work, which is why you have to like stand up and push down because you need to you need to actually physically get enough leverage to push the bike forward. Well, just imagine somebody behind you, like your parent when you were a kid, is just pushing you. That's what it feels like the, with the little hub motor. It pushes you at, with every pedal you take. So you have to pedal for it to continue to engage the motor. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to pedal to continue. To continue to engage it, but if you're lazy, you can between the motions you can just tap that throttle and then, okay, <laughs> and so then it will push for you. You still have a gas then if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the the biggest complaint I think I have about this bike is two. Actually, there's two complaints. One is the fact it does not come with a ten speed. It doesn't come with gears because the gears will help you kind of mitigate how much of that you have to deal with. Do they do they have gears? They yeah, yeah. So they have gears. They you can buy a ten speed gear set, which I was actually I was looking at this morning. 
It's about $260 with shipping included to buy. And then they recommend having a professional put it on. So who knows how much all that's going to cost. But I imagine if you get the right tools, you can do it yourself. You need something to remove the chain and whatnot. But it throws a gear set on the rear hub. Yeah. And then they have a little uh, index finger slash thumb uh, changer. So you, when you're riding, you can literally use your index finger to go up and your, sorry, your thumb to go up and your index finger to go down to change it. So then how would you get the throttle if it's... Because th- so you can switch between them. But think about like a, like driving a stick shift where you take the bike off the clutch, for example. You can totally let off the throttle for a second to change gears. And that way you can pedal. Um, okay. But what it does is it gives you the ability to ride and provide more assistance to the motor. Because when you get between this really weird range where you can't pedal anymore because there's not enough resistance on the pedals... Because you're only in one gear. You're only in yeah. the, you know, there's no changing gears. So sometimes you'll, you'll be trying to go up a hill. You'll be going down one hill to go up another one, right? So you're mashing on the throttle, but the bike limits your speed, so you can't go too fast. So even though you're mashing, right, it's, it's not doing anything. So then you're going up now on the other side, and you really want to, like, push into, like, you know, pedaling, so you can just kind of keep the momentum. But you can't really do it. Because the bike, the bike is like I'm already at the highest like gear that I can go in, so you kind of have to wait till you get halfway up the hill and then mash on the throttle, because at that point you're too slow. The bike is 70 pounds by itself, so yeah. there's no like pedaling up that. I mean, I I haven't ridden a bike in a few years, like since I was a kid, so I've lost all of that like stamina. I have to be just like yeah, let's just go. So. Yeah, so you mash on it to get up the hill when you're halfway up it on the other side, and that kind of sucks. So I've, I've been thinking about getting it just to help with the battery because that kind of kills your battery. You calling on more power to use it shortens the amount of juice that's in it to ride further. Just think about it as like mashing on your gas pedal to get up in the middle of a hill because you can't get momentum to get you know up the hill before it. Whereas if you keep momentum... You don't have to use as much power when you're already in the middle of momentum. Got it. And that was issue one? That was issue one. The other one is the battery life. Just in general. Just that's that's it. Other than that, the bike is excellent. You it's just perfect. More power and more battery life. Yeah. A lot of there's a whole community around Super Seventy Three. If you go on Reddit, if you go on Facebook, this face I'm in this Facebook group that has a community talking about mods. Just mod like mods and customization, that's all it's about. People go crazy with these bikes, make them look like motorcycles, and uh, add bigger lights or you know whatnot. And it already looks like a motorcycle. Yeah, with but a light on front of it and everything. You, you know, like those motorcycles, like from Batman, that have the plastic frame on the yes. front. Yeah, they add stuff like that to the front of it, and I'm weary to do that because already on the trail, people were looking at me like, "Why is this like motorized bike on the trail?" Um, and it's because it, it's a fat tire bike, so it doesn't look like a normal bicycle. True. Um, but when I looked at the law, or at least the specifications for an electric bike, yeah, they're allowed on the WNL. Even though on the sign it will say no motorized vehicles, like their actual guidelines for the for what's allowed on the trail, mm-hmm. electric bikes are allowed. Got it. So the more you look like a motorcycle, the less you look like an electric bike. And like, you don't want to have that. And it's also more weight, too, if you add more things to it. Yes. So the only thing I would think about adding is a second battery. Uh, just just to, you know, prolong the range. Um, because it would be fun just to throttle the entire time. <laughs> okay, going back, 
I wasn't, I didn't know of like your thought process of how you got this bike. There's obviously a lot of electric bikes out there mm. that you could have bought. Why this one? Uh, mostly because of the way it looks okay. and the kind of, this is going to sound really weird, but you know, you look at like some, you look at the community around certain products. For example, you look at like Apple, right? You have an idea of like what people who use Apple products are like, right? Same thing with, um, same thing with like Android phones, right? Or PCs or Macs, right? Like there's something that's associated with the brand just by like the feel of the product or just by the look of the product, right? So it's the same thing for this. Super 73, they feel like a, like a retro type of like, you know, younger company. They are really, they're like a young company. That's a fact. Um, so because you have that kind of, that environment or also around the bikes and the way they look, the way they make them feel like a, like a old moped, you know, um, looking at that, that's much more of the style that I like. That's something that appeals to me more than a lot of other companies. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I've been looking at this bike for like a few years. Like I knew it existed for a while. Uh, I did not really look at other companies. <laughs> so it was kind of like, I think I'm making a super 73 and not so much. I'm going to get some other type of bike because some of the other ones that I've looked at now that I own this bike, they have some better features. They may have a rear rack installed or whatnot, but they don't look the same and they don't have the speed. The speed is something that is, I'm just fortunate having not looked at other bikes that I was able to get one that has a speed because I'm a little, you know, I weigh, I weigh a good amount. And because of that, <laughs> you know, like you, you can't get one of these little bikes that, that, they say they'll rate you same thing with Super 73. They'll rate a bike of going a certain speed. This bike can go 20 miles per hour, 28 miles per hour. But then you look at the fine print at the bottom and it'll say speeds may vary depending on rider. <laughs> right? So this bike, this bike's maximum weight limit is 325 pounds. So supposedly that's still pretty heavy. Yeah, that's pretty. Bike. Yeah. And I'm wow. nowhere near that weight. So hold on. <clears throat> sorry, I <had> to shuffle. <clears throat> I'm nowhere near that weight, so it's actually it. I'm able to get 35 miles per hour, or at least really close to 33 miles per hour, in a, in unlimited mode, which is the funnest thing ever. So I know on their website because I glanced at it because I don't own one. I know you're the one with this bike. There are different models. Yes. Is the models a different look, or is it a different weight set, or is it like different motor attachment? What it like? What are the differences? So yes. So the models are. Really, right right now, what's happening is they have various years. Think of it like like the 2020 version or whichever. Uh, but they do have different naming schemes for them. So, for example, there is a Z1 bike, which is their lowest end bike. There's no... On that bike, it has a 500-watt uh, motor. And there is no suspension. So you don't have front or rear suspension. So it's just literally like a like a... Trick bike, you know, like those ones back in the day. Um, so you can ride them. They're not that quick. Um, and they have, um, I've, I've never owned one, um, but they're not that quick, but they cost like 1400 bucks. Maybe they're not, they're not that expensive. Um, and they have another model called the S one, which is the first version of the bike I own that I think that came out in like, don't quote me on this, but I think it was like 2018, 2019. Okay. So a few um, years ago. 
But that one also has, I think, a 500 or 1,000 watt motor. Actually, yeah, I think it's, I think they're all 500 watts uh, in the first model. So they don't go very fast. They and, and because the motor is not as powerful, the more weight you have, it really impacts the bike. Like you really cannot hit that that speed that they rated on. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking at that um, and then going to the newest versions, which are the S2 and the RX, the RX has the rear suspension and the front suspension. So it feels more, you have a lot more cushion, but it's also like 34 to $3,200. So it's kind of expensive. So what model, you have the, which one? The S2? The S2. Got it. Yeah. And I got it at the, they had like a, a discounted rate, which was the back order rate, I think. Um, and I got it at that rate. So I got it cheaper because right now I went to their site today and I think it's $2,600. I got it for like $2,400 at the time. Um, so yeah. Not bad at all. And you obviously enjoy riding it. I love this little bike, dude. I would ride it everywhere if the range was good enough or or if the recharge time was faster. Either one. Can you go off-roading with it because of the fatter tires? So you can go off-roading with it, but it, your ass is going to gonna hurt. All right. <laughs> Do you think the uh, the one with the suspension, which you said the R, RX, yeah. RX, that would be easier? off-roading is it designed for off-roading it's, i think it's definitely more designed for off-roading handling more bumps um i've never owned one i do kind of want to get one like my whole goal is to have two bikes so i can ride with other people yeah, um, he just told me this right before we started this conversation that he wants two bikes now it's not enough to have one he needs a second one so he's not riding by himself exactly just, oh Trent, do you want to go for a ride in the wnl bam now i'm okay i'm gonna add something here so, when Nick bought this bike, I had never heard of this before. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, why in the world are you spending over two grand <laughs> on a bike? Why? Why are we doing this? We live in the city. You have sidewalks. You don't. Why are we doing this? And it looks like a motorcycle. And I'm like, what is wrong with this person? So, we take it out. We're over at Burke Lake. Yes. And you kind of point out the different features of it. And I take it for a spin. I know why you bought it. Exactly, dude. <laughs> it is very, very fun to ride. Um, and now, I mean, last time I was over here for our last podcast, right? I came over and you're like, before I put my bike away, ride it around the block. <laughs> and I rode it around the block. And it's almost like you can't have a bad day when you're riding on that thing. It was just, you start riding and you're just like, yay, I'm riding really fast. It's so um, fun. It's, it was. I got a lot of weird looks from your neighbors. Yeah, people, uh, people look at you but... weird on it. <laughs> I, I, when I first got it and I was riding it when it was freezing outside, I was riding it uh, through Fairfax City. And these people, these like, these like older people kept looking at me like, it's not supposed to be in the sidewalk. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. But again, looking at the law for bikes in general, they don't have a set parameter of where they're supposed to be. So you can ride a bike on the street. You can ride a bike on the sidewalk. Like There's no like set Thing. And because e-bikes in Virginia are treated as bicycles, like you can until ride until laws change. That's... Yeah, until laws change, you can ride it however you want to ride it. So um, yeah, so it's just funny. They give you looks. Like, oh. Some people, some people like on the literally the path was the funniest thing because there's people walking and riding their bikes. And I was riding yesterday, and one guy was riding on a normal bicycle, the opposite, like coming towards me, but we're on opposite opposite sides of the path. 
he looks over at me. I see him. He's just like, he's just nodding his head. Just like, yeah, like smiling. I was like, yeah. Making friends. The guy's like, you don't yeah. have to pedal as hard as I do for that. That looks cool. Dude, I mean, the thing is, I think people who know about, know about like electric bikes or know about Super 73 are like, dude, that's awesome. But the thing, the other part that kind of sucks is that there aren't a lot of people, at least that I've seen, I'm not an extroverted person by any stretch. So I'm not really looking for them, but I would love to find people who have the bike in in the DC area. Because in California and New York, there are communities of like, they get together and go on like rides and stuff. And they kind of like talk about their customizations. Yeah. Um, so it'd be kind of cool to meet up with people. I mean, they all pandemic they were doing it. There's this one uh, YouTuber that I watch and he, he literally has group rides or he rents different bikes. Um, there are a bunch of other electric bikes too. And, um, like they'll ride together on electric bikes, electric skateboards, electric scooters, and just kind of like go on a ride around California, which looks amazing. Cause you know, the landscape the, is awesome. The scenery. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be kind of cool to have something similar to like, to, to that, uh, at least people to kind of talk with. Cause there's so many, like you could, you could buy a Super 73 because you like because because you like the frame, right? Yeah, I do. I, it looks it's a beautiful bike, and you could change the controller, the throttle, the motor, everything, and put a complete and make it a completely different bike, and it won't cost you like too much money, right? If you were to be able to get an S1, which is eighteen hundred bucks, or even the Z1, the Z1, like I said before, has no suspension, but it's the cheapest body to buy. And it's the most customized. Like when you look on on most of these uh, forums and you look on most of these groups, that's the bike most people have. And they go in and they add like a two thousand watt motor to it, you know, or they add more to, like a, a shorter chain, which makes it more torquey. So you can ba- basically you're you're hitting the throttle and you're doing a wheelie because the bike is so torquey in the back. Um, so people go and they customize the bike, and that makes it a bit more you know entertaining. I think. Than it just being about riding an e-bike, and I think that's the main difference between other companies and Super Seventy Three, is the community around it is that community that really wants to customize. They want to, like you know, they want they want to do more. They're with passionate it. about the product. Yeah, and they want to modify and use it for them. You know, different yeah, ways. Yeah, versus like you know buying a bike and like oh it's great it does e-bike stuff and you just like store it and you don't really do much with it. You know. And, um, yeah, because I have not seen anyone else with that bike before. I have never seen it in person until you got it. Yeah. I, got, I already got one of my friends. I went to my, one of my friend's birthday parties, and two of my friends from high school there, they, they, bought, they bought two, one, one for each of them. They're a couple, and then one for each of them. And I was like, perfect. Did you, okay, did you have the bike with you? Like, did they see it? Or yeah, yeah, I took it. So... I, it, so I went to this birthday party. It's my friend's kid's birthday. So no, it's not about me at all, right? Literally, I, I went there and I parked it because I wanted to ride around my old neighborhood, like as a kid and stuff. And um, so I parked it on the street with the in the car, in the element, of course. Uh, I parked it there and I just left and went to the party. And I just I didn't even mention it, but my friend asked me if I brought it, like my, my friend's whose daughter's birthday it was. And um, I was like, yeah, I brought it. And he was like, can I see it? I was like, yeah, man, of course. So this is like near the end of the party. So I go around and I grab it. And then everybody <laughs> at the birthday like wants to ride it. I'm like, I'm like, dude, go ahead. Go ahead and ride it. Yeah, go, go. So they're riding it around. And my uh, his, his brother was really into it. Like, 
so into it. He's like, if I work a job and I get paid this amount of money this summer, I can afford to buy it. And I was like, dude. <laughs> because the thing that's so funny is when you're a kid and you're riding around, like my where I grew up, you'd ride around and they had a whole bunch of, um, they had a whole bunch of like paths and stuff. Uh, and you were riding, but it just feels like it takes so long when you're riding. Um, and I, when I went back, I went back like last Friday and I was meeting up with some friends in town center and I um, took the bike and while I was waiting for them and I just kind of rode around like all, like all, cause we, I, I moved through like two times, three times actually from being a baby to high school in Reston. So I moved a few times and after moving around, I, uh, I used to ride my bike to like Hollywood video or, you know, I wanted to ride to school, but my mom wouldn't really let me do that. Cause she's like, it's not safe, you know? Um, so I kind of did went around and did all the paths and stuff and the routes that I used to take on the bicycle with me and my friend, you know, John, John and I used to ride mm -hmm. all around I looked to the pool and everything. And uh, I went back on all those paths. It just kind of felt good. You know, like it's almost like a vindication, even though I'm like way older now, I'm just kind of like, that's right. I did it. I got on my electric bike and it only took like literally like five minutes because it's, it's, like, it's like driving in a car when you, when you're yeah. throttling, like it's. I didn't take the streets because I don't feel comfortable uh, if I can't go over 40 or uh, 40, 45 miles per hour. I don't really feel comfortable on the road because cars are vicious. Yeah. Um, so I was on the sidewalk and stuff and it still only took me like five to eight minutes to get around. I, I, I clocked myself and I was coming back from the furthest point. I was like, oh, let's see how long it takes. And then I got almost back to town center in like five minutes. Um, so yeah, it's just really, it's a really fun bike. Um, if you are thinking about getting one, I would say definitely get one. If, if it's something you already decided you're going to get an e-bike, Super 73, probably the best just for that unlimited mode where you actually get to go faster than 28 miles per hour. So if you like speed. Yeah. If you like speed and you don't really want to change stuff out yourself, like you don't want to change the whole motor and all that stuff. I think it's the best one to get for the price. Like I said, it's like twenty six hundred dollars. I was looking at this bike yesterday, last night. It's called an Onyx. That bike goes sixty miles per hour, seventy two volt battery. It's crazy, but it doesn't look like a bike. It looks like a motorcycle. It has pedals, but the pedals don't do anything really. And that's the difference is like you get to that level and you're kind of close to buying a motorcycle. And you got to think about the range. Do you have a place to store it, charge it, all the other stuff? That kind and of, how you'll be perceived if you're on like a bike path. Exactly. On a bike path, they're probably going to give you crap because it literally has like a LCD display and like the lights look like a motorcycle lighting yeah. thing. So it's just when you get pulled over or stopped for that, you know, like, oh no, it's a bike. They're going to be like, this looks like a motorcycle. It just has pedals. <laughs> yeah. Or at least a moped. Looks like, yeah. looks like a moped where you can get away with it in the Super 73. I think for, for what you get, it's worth the cost to the speed to the perception. That you can get for the bike. Definitely. Got it. <coughs> I know in the last episode we did talk about the Honda Element, so we're not going to go back to that. But you have in the back seat of the Element, you've put, you folded the seats up and your bike slides in now. That's where you put yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. That's I mean, we I can touch up. on the Element a little bit, on, at least for on that context. Yeah. Because I got the Element because you showed me that moving all the stuff. Moving all of our my stuff from one house to the other one, you showed me the seats folding and how much space is back there, and then I started going online looking at all that stuff. Um, so now it's very easy. 
I lift the bike up, I lean, I tilt it just to get the arms in from the, the roof of the trunk, and then I straighten it back up again, and then the element already has hooks for where the seat's supposed to go in the middle. So I just got bungee cables, tighter ones, and wrap them around the rear and the front tire. And then from the side, it has hooks to where where it goes up, you know, the little... The seats flap. Yeah. Go up. Yeah, the attach. seats flap and go up, and they connect to the uh, armrests, the holders. Yeah, the arm holders, if you were, if you were driving and sitting yeah. in the car, you can hold on to yeah, it on yeah. the side. Yeah, you're with your crazy grandparent or your crazy, like, nephew, and you're, like, driving crazy, you hold on to it at the top. Yeah, yep. so the, the seats go on to those. So I just attach the bungee cables to the actual hooks that the seats use up there. So that keeps the bike connected side to side. So I got the fr- I got the wheels protected, got the side to side protected, and and then I just I close the trunk because it's long it's able to fit in perfectly lengthwise. So I just close the trunk and it's good to go. And you like you said that when the seats are folded up, you didn't want to remove them because it blocks the view of the trunk. Yeah, right? and, and the element has tinted windows too. Yeah, so does. all of it. I mean, yours your back it does. Yours yours are more tinted than mine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know what they were doing before. The people who had this car before, but <laughs> yeah, they're they're tinted, so it's it's actually really nice. You feel a little more confident leaving it in there for a little bit than you would if like if it was a pickup truck, for example. I don't really trust that. So yeah, I love that's why I love the element. That and you know how spacious it is in general. You know, it's kind of pretty cool. Yeah, and and the more you're modding your car, the more I want to mod mine. Exactly. That I've had for so long now. It's like 13 years. You're the original owner of your car. I am. That's crazy to think about. I'm pretty sure it's longer than 13 years. Actually. No, it's definitely more than that. <laughs> Apparently, my math is very 16 bad. 16 years? Head. 16? 2005? It's, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 16. I said 13. It's, yeah. It's a clock yet. Yeah. 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 It's absolutely crazy. And we just found out that when we looked under my car, my catalytic converter looks better than yours does. Yeah, because you're from Vegas. <laughs> it's not, ridiculous. It's, it's nothing rusts out there. Literally, the mm. only part of my exhaust system that's rusted is the catalytic converter, and it is so rusty, like not like can't be fixed. Rusty, like there's like there's a little hole in it. Technically, it's supposed to be replaced, but we're gonna skip. We're gonna ignore that. Um, there's a little, you know, it's rusty. The entire thing. So, <laughs> I'm kind of envious. I did hear that people steal steal catalytic converters. It's a thing. I don't think it happens so much so over here as much as it happens in like California and stuff. Because depends on the neighborhood, I guess. Yeah. Well, most California cars have to have three uh, three mufflers. Their emissions are different. Okay. Their laws are different over there, so they'll have three mufflers or two mufflers to R one. just because of the regulation, so I, is it for noise or pollution? I think it's for, for pollution mostly, because you know, come on, noise. Cars in California, noise is crap. <laughs> I just want to double check. When you say muffler, I'm thinking of sound being muffled. No, no, no. Catalytic converter. Got it. Catalytic converter. Okay. Specifically, the uh, emissions for the car. Got it. Yeah, but I kind of want a little tip like your uh, element has on there. It kind of looks looks better than the uh, my little exhaust pipe that looks kind of looks has a nice little like. Like metal chrome, fin- chrome finish yeah. on it, yeah. Yeah, versus okay. this normal tailpipe that looks, you know, I mean, peasant like, you know. Pe- <laughs> <laughs> it's the peasant pipe. <laughs> Dude, speaking of speaking of <laughs> speaking of peasants. Oh, you know, where's this gonna go? Go ahead. You know, um, uh, I'm trying to figure out if this is okay to say. I'm just gonna say it anyway. So you know, British citizens are considered like subjects. 
Yes. They're not, ci- well, I said citizens, but like they're not citizens like U.S. citizens or citizens. I found that out like a few years ago before we went to the U.K. Um, and I found out that you have dual citizenship, so how does it feel to be a subject of the, uh, <laughs> okay. of the royal family? I, I'd like to add that on my passport, it says <laughs> British citizen on my passport. Um, it's kind of cool. So, I, I mean, I know everyone kind of, how you're raised really kind of depends on how you feel about different countries and cultures. Mm. Um, I actually, I find different cultures very fascinating. And I, I think it's very good for people to be proud of where they're from and their culture and their traditions and, you know, where they're, maybe where their great grandparents are from or different things, because I do go into a lot of genealogical research on my own family. That's a whole other story. We can focus on that later. But when I grew up, um, I had a stay at home nan who was my grandmother. And she was British. And the funny part was, is I was so used to her accent that when friends would come over, the first thing they would ask me is, where is your grandmother from? And I'd be like, um, England? And they're like, oh, okay. Mm-mm. And I'd be like, how can you tell she's from England? <laughs> she doesn't have an accent. She doesn't sound different. No, she doesn't <laughs> sound different at all. Uh, we called her Nan because it was like Nanny Nan, so she was... I had a grandmother and I had Nan and they were my two grandparents and I kind of just knew who was who based on the title. And when my grandmother passed away when I was 12 years old, it was like a year or two. Um, My dad was always the guy, camcorders, videotaping everything. My dad is in like no videos of my childhood. He never (laughs) existed because he was always behind the camera. But we were watching this video of a family event or a function and my grandmother said something and I was like oh my god she is British it is very <laughs> apparent that she's British <laughs> just that when you get used to a certain way if someone talks you don't think of it because you hear it every day mm-hmm. so I guess the reason I, I brought that up is because you know I, when growing up my grandma would always be like well back when I was a kid or back in England this is what we would do you know and you'd like you had this idea in the back of your mind of like, England sounds like such a cool place, like based on everything you've talked to me about, uh, that when I had found out, I just, just a random chance meeting, I think I was either at a grocery store or just randomly chatting with a woman one day, and we were mentioning, and she had mentioned that she had, was born in England, and I was like, oh, that's where my, you know, my mother was born in England, and, and my grandmother was, and she was like, oh, do you have dual citizenship? And I was like, No. But tell me more. Is that a thing? Is that something I can do? And she had told me that, yeah, my, my kids all have dual citizenship because although they were born in the States, as I was, um, they can get a, a British passport inherited through the mother. And luckily for me, even though not just my grandmother being the British citizen, but my mom was as well, um, I was able, I did the research. My mom had no idea it was something she could have passed on to me. And I had I did all the work for myself and my sister. Nice. And going to England for me was really cool. I still have family there, but it was it was a really cool experience because when I was over there, I was like, this is like, I, I I'd gone as an adult, not when I was a kid. So like this is way later. You know, I was twelve years old when my grandma passed away. I'm in my like mid to late twenties now. You know, like later when I'm, when I was traveling, and it was like, oh my god, it just took me back. 
to all the things my grandma talked to me about. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm finally here. So for me, I thought that having the British citizenship was like my tie to my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And I, it, I just felt it was just so cool to go. I really, really, really enjoyed it. I mean, there's something to be said about just going, um, like, you know, like checking out the various local pubs. Yeah. And checking out the sites, um, whether it be in London or down in Brighton and Hove. Um, I went to saw Stonehenge. I went to a whole bunch of different places, which was really cool. Um, but yes, my passport does say British citizen. <laughs> uh, which And also, when I traveled, this is a few years back, this is pre-Brexit, mm -hmm. um, I flew in, I had a layover in Iceland. And I got off the plane because I had to change planes. And... Actually, no, I took it back. I had to try. I did travel to Iceland for a few days with my sister a few years back. And when I got off the plane and went through quote unquote customs, mm -hmm. even though you're like just on island, like it's completely different subject. But when you're at the Iceland airport, they only have one. And I thought to myself, every flight here is international. Yeah. Like nothing's domestic. You, where would you go? You have, you're on one <laughs> island. Welcome to the one airport. Everyone who's coming here is from somewhere else. I just, it was a weird concept. I thought that was kind of cool. Anyway, um, I got off the plane, and I'm walking up, you know, and we're going through customs, and I hand the guy my British passport, and the guy goes, welcome home. What? And I'm like, thank you? I've never been to Iceland before. But he was what he was implying was that I was coming home from the United States to the European Union. Uh, and, and, and he said, get welcome Iceland. home to me. And I was like, yeah. wow, <laughs> this is kind of cool. So I don't, it was a really strange... Thing for me it's the feeling you get coming in yeah to the u.s well, yeah. Mom, okay yeah but now you're like wait, yeah what? it's like wait a minute. You're, you're walking me this direction um and when i came back from this trip and various trips i've taken i'll come back to the states and the u.s customs because when i travel out i use the british passport mm -hmm. and when i come home i use the u.s one hacking the so, system i mean yeah so my <laughs> passport has no stamps on it so what'll happen is I'll come back to the States with customs and they'll be like flipping through my passport and be like, where were you? Like, where have you been? And I'll be like, okay, I was in England. I went to Italy and I was in Iceland. All right, Jason. But Warren. I came out on my other, I went out on this passport and they're like, oh, okay. And that's it. But it was just, it was they, hilarious. They, they, you still yeah, they, yeah, they do. But like, it was, the guy literally was flipping through my passport and like staring at me and like flipping through it and looking at me and I'm like, what? What have you been doing? They're like, and they, they, they're like, as long as you're an American citizen, you can stay in this line. I've seen before where they've been like, oh, you're not an, you're not an American? Get out and go to the other line. And the other line coming into the U.S. is crazy. Is so long. Yeah. Well, yeah. this is the best part. So when I would go to, right, go to England or whatever, in this time, at the time, the EU, when I would go t into England, there was two lines, right? There was British citizens, citizens. <laughs> And everyone else and I was able to go on the line of the citizens the line was so much faster yes um, so now that brexit is happening I can still go to England with no problems right I can work there or live there if I want to maybe eventually I would like to so it seems cool the EU's idea of a month of vacation a year to enjoy life is a lot better in my opinion than work 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 until you're dead and or retired is that England's motto uh, England England, no, England enjoys life more. They're more. Uh, England is, yes. is the month. Yes, you get like a month of vacation. A month like, of holiday. It's it's around thirty. I think it's around thirty-two or thirty-five days a year you get. Okay. It's like required time off. 
Yeah, nice. Um, I don't think nice. They, Give me yeah that. because of Brexit, I don't think they changed that because I think everyone everyone would be up in arms of their of their holiday, right? There's a lot travel. of things that are going on over there right now, though. So. Yeah, well, I mean, there's also the whole pandemic, but we won't get into that. Um, but since Brexit has been happening, I have also determined being sneaky, and I've talked to you about this. How can I have a, an EU? citizenship still i mentioned getting into genealogy my great grandfather was born in kamoli as in people say holy no holy moly kamoli oh, yeah. i don't know a lot of weird holy things holy kamoli holy kamoli no i don't i don't know if people say that i i maybe i just made that up um but he was born in kamoli which is like a small fishing village that is just south of genoa which is up in northern italy and that's where he was born. And I actually did research, and I have a copy of his birth certificate. Uh, he was born in 1885. That's a long. And so it's okay. I mean, if you think about the grand scheme of things, it's not that long. But the average person can't go back that far with their family. Yeah, I remember 1885. So it's long. Yeah, for me. I mean, you don't. <laughs> do, you, do you remember 1985? Yeah, of course. Mister, I wasn't born yet. <laughs> I wasn't either, so that's okay. Um, but because of the Italian nationality laws, I actually, if I, if I prove my lineage to my great-grandfather, I can also become an Italian citizen and have an Italian passport. So what you're saying is you have three passports. I, my goal is to have three passports. Do I need this? Absolutely yes. not. Do I want it? Yes. You Absolutely. Want, you want and need it. You Why need not? It. Dude. What is the downside of being able to say, oh, you know what, oh, the U.S. is getting crazy right now. I'm going to go live in uh, the U.K. for four years. Oh, the U.K. is going crazy too right now. I'm going to go live in Italy for anywhere, actually, anywhere in the anywhere EU, EU yeah. for, for however long until their stuff hypes down. It, I mean, it's nice. And, and I, sometimes I feel like just knowing you have that option yeah. is just a nice little back of your it's mind. Like, like, relax. Oh, yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Like, in my mind, it's like, oh, crap. I guess I'm going to Canada. Hopefully they will... Uh, let me stay there longer. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> uh, but no, um, so, yeah, so I have two passports, may have three eventually. Um, I just, but I think it also comes down to trying to be like, I speak of trying to be worldly, mm. but I've only lived in Las, Las Vegas in here, right? I haven't really, <laughs> I haven't gone very many places. There's many people that have gone and lived in more areas than me. But one thing I, being worldly is just going out and experiencing different cultures you don't have things. to live there to okay. experience it like yeah i mean living there lets you get more experience but going and visiting someplace and getting a hand on the culture is also something that is worldly that's fair but like yeah like but like here locally like i'll go to the italian store yeah. and i'll get stuff and sometimes i'll look around for like food and things they have and just in the back of my mind i'm just like hey i'm channeling my grandfather you know yeah <laughs> you know, this italian store or i'll go to there is a Oh my god, I, f I forgot where it is. Um, there's a Cornish pasty shop out mm. here, and they actually have award-winning Cornish pasties that they actually won competitions in England. That's they have nice. beat out English <laughs> pasty companies from the United States. That's pretty cool. And I'll go there, and they have I, they they're great. I mean, unless you like Cornish pasties, you probably know not everybody loves them. I never even heard of them. Oh, so. I'll, we'll we'll talk. We'll have to go there sometime soon, and yes. we'll talk about them later. Yeah. Um, but I go there, and it's me. It's like, hey, this is you know channeling my the British side of my family, right? Yeah. And 
couple weeks ago, thanks to your friend, I started drinking mead for a little bit because <laughs> I've never had that before. And I was like, I'd like to try what Nordic honey wine is. And that's because my dad's side of the family comes from Norway. Yeah. Um, although the mead, I believe, is from Denmark. And I think it's more of a Denmark thing because I believe they drink more ales. Up I don't in know the history of mead. I, I, just got, I, just, I don't. I, there's more a I friend of my out. friend makes mead. That's, that's one of his things he does. Uh, because that he makes various flavors. So, I mean, he can make whatever you want flavor-wise. And I can just message him. He has a I, whole... I think that sounds awesome. I think I want to do that. A whole meadery thing. I can see... I mean, I, I'm, I'm not, like, guaranteeing it, no, but I can see what he can yeah. do. Yeah, but that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, because I mean, especially if you're like, oh, I really like this flavor mixed with this, I can just be like, hey, man. I'm, I'm just going to add that I am one of those, like, when it comes to, like, alcohol, I'm generally, like, a purist. You mean a connoisseur? No, I'm a purist. What I mean by that is I want to be able to taste the alcohol. If I can't taste the alcohol, then you gave me juice, and I will drink it like juice. Until three glasses are gone, and I'm like, wow, stupid, stupid Trent. Why did I do this? Meanwhile, when I do drink, I prefer to taste like juice because I don't want to taste the alcohol. See, yeah, I know. But it's then, dangerous. But, but then if you know. don't taste the alcohol, then don't, don't drink it. Drink juice. No, there's a difference because the alcohol kind of kicks in. I don't want to. It's like, it's like eating fish and tasting the fish taste all the time. I want to eat fish. I don't want to taste the bottom of the ocean for every time I eat a fish. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's... <laughs> It's just, there's a difference. I do like, I like you the kick, want, I like you, the twist to the alcohol. You like the guy who wants chicken to taste like something else. No, chicken should taste like chicken. <laughs> <laughs> but you just told, you, your same logic says you don't want it to taste like chicken. No, 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 no. There's a difference, okay? You can get codfish, right? And it tastes, and you cook it and it tastes good. But there is some other type of fish, like an eel. Like, it, it does not taste good to me because the kick, it's always, it's how it ends, you know? That's how most things in life are, right? It starts okay, then it ends terribly or well. Eel ends terribly. It has too much of a fishy taste to it. It's just not. It's not my jam at all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but the thing is though, is that so with the mead that I'm having, it's almost like too sweet for me. Hmm. Um, the first one, there's actually three different types that I've had, or three different versions. They all seem to be from the same place. And I think it's a, um, now I'm going to completely butcher this. Hmm. It says on the bottle, D-A-N-S-K, which I think is pronounced Dansk. Okay. And then Mjod, which I believe is the M-J-O-D, which is a lot like Mjolnir for people who like Thor. Yeah. The Avengers, you got Mjolnir, you got Mjod, that's how it's pronounced. So I think it's called Dansk Mjod is the name of the uh, meadery or the, you know, that I, that I get it from. And they have, I've seen three or four different types, but it's interesting for me because I've gone through three of them specifically. Every time I go back to Total Wine, I buy the next one. And it's crazy. It's like I knew this already. The first one I had was was sweet for me. Like I was sweeter than I was planning it, you know, on it being. It was sweet, but it had an alcohol aftertaste because it's like 19% alcohol. It hits. Dang. The second one I got was more sweet with less of an alcohol taste at the end of it, which I was like, which I would have, if I had that first, I'd be like, oh, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> but I was kind of already ready for it from the first one. And then the most recent one I got is actually called Dragon's Blood. Blood. It's like B-L-O-D. So Dragon's Blood. Yeah, Dragon. Um, and that is the sweetest of all. It has almost no aftertaste. <laughs> and again, I hate that because... <laughs> 
I it's like you're you're slipping something in my drink and I don't know what it is. It's probably like I would I probably love that. Yeah, um, and, <laughs> yeah but I because I built up to it from now it's my third bottle. I've accepted that as what it is. Because hmm. it, it comes down to, I'm definitely someone who likes, you know, IPAs, bitter, bitter beers, you know. Ugh. But we discussed this, we we didn't talk about this in the podcast, but you and I have discussed that, not if, if yes, I like beer and I like bitter IPAs. You wouldn't hand me a wine and I go, well, I don't like wine because it, it needs to be more hoppy. You don't add hops to wine. That if it, it doesn't, it's not wine. Right. Wine is meant to taste a certain way. Beer is meant to taste a certain way. So, I didn't go at the mead going. I wanted to taste like beer, mm. right? I went at the mead because I wanted to taste like mead, and I wanted to try what mead tastes like. So, if mead is meant to be sweet, so be it. I mean, that's I think, how it's intended to be. You know. But I think the done. thing about that is there's so many different variations of every type of alcoholic yeah. drink, right? So even if you were to say wine shouldn't be hoppy, does that mean nobody's ever added hops to True. wine? But going into, this is going to bounce back to my whole genealogical research and traditional things. Sometimes, I mean, yes, don't be wrong. There's craft breweries and there's places that have modified, you know, different versions of beer and alcohol and things like that to taste like a whole bunch of cool stuff. Mm. That is awesome. But they, they they would never have had their start had they not come from somewhere. And you'll go to a brewery and it'll say, like, this is our, you know, this is our German Bach-style beer. Bach mm-hmm. is bold in German. So yeah. this, is our, this is the style. And you're like, okay. And it tastes great. But then you're like, well, why did you want to mimic that style? You know, so buy a German, you know, a German Bach and taste it. So for me, it's like, I didn't go to get mead to adapt to my taste buds. Mm. I bought the mead to to understand how it tastes. And I believe on the bottles of all three of these, it says that it, these particular ones are based off a recipe from the 1700s. Okay. So they're old. They're not as old as it could be. When you think about like mead going back a long time, because the like, 1700s, there were like Vikings are older than that, right? Yeah, you don't, I mean, definitely. You're talking like there's mead has gone back farther, but. Um, that's still an old recipe. And I didn't want to have a modified recipe for today's taste. I wanted to know what it was like originally. Right. And that's why I did. Fair. I mean, that does sound very purist to mm-hmm. me, though. He's like, uh, 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 all that new stuff you're doing? No, no, no. Give no. me the original. Well, then you can appreciate the newer stuff by what they've done to it. That's fair. I mean, that's Because you pretty, know where it's come from. That's a pretty good way to look at it. Because at least... You know, if if you wanna if you want to be not you, but if somebody wants to be one of those arrogant people who are like, nice I know what mead is. And you're like, oh man, you do? Yeah, I've had all these different drinks, and then somebody they go over to the place that's actually from and get the original mead, and they're like, oh, this tastes terrible because they never yeah, they never they never had the, the original. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So like, <laughs> I don't mind going off on all the different things because you can really like a certain style. Yeah, but unless you know where it came from or how it started or how that. I'm talking about beer because that's what I know. Right. The brewmaster at the brewery had to learn somewhere, right? And if he wanted to make a beer in a, in a taste of some way, he has to base it on something that he knows will taste good, right? Right. right. And that, that brewmaster might have became a brewmaster because of a good beer he had previously that was based on an older recipe before that. It's like learning the science behind why something is the way it is. Yes. Like what makes mead mead? It makes it mead because that's what they originally did to it, yeah. not what they've mixed it with that's no longer mead. Yeah. Yeah. 
like, and then we talked about like other beer styles. There's a uh, style of beer called a Kolsch, K O L S C H, and there are a lot of breweries out here that brew a Kolsch style of beer, mm. but by EU standards, it cannot be a Kolsch unless it has been made or brewed within 50 miles of Cologne, Germany. No, still. It has to be brewed. It's kind of like champagne, right? Champagne is champagne based on its geographic location, not based on its ingredients, all it, per se. I mean, yes, the ingredients are important, but the geographic location is what makes it what it is. It is classification. Yes. <clears throat> so, similar to like bourbon and whiskey and things like that, right? So, depending. I'm not a connoisseur on all those either, but that's a whole other day. Scotch, for example, right? Yeah. Um, but... A Kolsch has to be brewed within a certain area. And I was at Wegmans uh, about a month or two ago, and they have a German Kolsch imported from Cologne, Germany. Nice. And I had it. It's great. I will say that when you think about older beers, they're not very flavorful. They weren't intended to be. They were just, they're, they're again, going back to being like more of like a purist, like this is just, it's a beer. Yeah. What is it? It's beer. That's it. Um, but the standards of the Kolsch and how the Kolsch is made, I looked online the other week. The requirements that make a Kolsch a Kolsch in terms of ingredients and the standards date back to the Roman Empire. Dang, that's cool. That's really cool. It's insane. So, like, you think about standards and, like, how things need to be a certain way. Yeah. It had to be, it's based on a recipe dating back to the Roman Empire. And has to be brewed in a certain geographic location. Yeah. For it to be classified as such. That's pretty cool. And again, like, yes, I may have had a Kolsch in the United States, you know, right? And it might have tasted the same. It may not have. But why would a, a brewery out here make a Kolsch style unless they were trying to pay, like, have, like, a homage to the original? Yeah. And then you want to know what the original is like and why they were going towards that. Well, see, but I think the thing that gets into the way that a lot of times is money and stuff. You mm-hmm. know? Oh, I want to make a Kolsch because I know that it's a market I can make and I'm, a di- I'm in a different country, so who's going to really, like, question whether this is a real Kolsch or not if they don't really know? Yeah. Right, like, some someone like you who goes and deep dives into it would be like, oh, this is not a real Kolsch. I can tell on my face, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, like, someone like me no, who's no. never had it and you yeah. tell me, hey, man, like, this type of beer is really good. You should try this. And I go to the store and I see one and I don't know that it came from, you know, yeah. wherever that was in the U S and I'm trying it. Like I'm not going to get that same, I guess it really just goes on into how much you're into whatever it is. Yeah. Because for me, and, the, and the, again, this is like just signifies the importance, right? Like for me, having a beer like that is not the, it's not the most important thing. I'm just, I'm just like how the taste. That's basically for me. I mean, and that's somebody who's ignorant in alcohol. I don't know anything about anything. I'm 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 like, wait, this has pineapple in it? It's called a cocktail. Mm, yeah, this <laughs> tastes pretty good. I'll get one of those. It could be the fruitiest cocktail of all. I could be I could be drinking the cocktail that is like made for women or whatever. And it literally on the on the menu will say for women. I'll drink it because it tastes good. You know what I mean? Do they have do they, they have that in there really? Well, I'm not saying that, but like this, I've this, never seen this that. is what I'm saying with like the ignorance <laughs> is like my sister will, will tell me this is like a girly drink, and I'm like it's to me it's just a drink. I just drink yeah. whatever I think tastes good, 
but like that connotation could have a big yeah. difference for somebody else. I'm crushing on somebody at the bar, and then look at me like, oh, why, why aren't you drinking like a stout or something? You know, like yeah. why are you drinking this like this girly cocktail or whatever? I guess what I'm trying to say is it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the taste. I, and I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's bad. No, it does absolutely. matter. I'm just saying that like it's just you know it's whatever we whatever we enjoy. And you obviously enjoy. Like certain types of mixtures of alcohol, how, yeah. however the, the definition of it is, you obviously enjoy it in the history of it, yeah. And that that has a different perception for you in the way that like you you drink it, right? Yeah. Like knowing its culture and knowing its history is really important, yeah. To like the significance of the drink. Yeah, you experience it differently. If yeah. You know where it came from and what how it was made. Because like, maybe when you're drinking it in your mind, you're sipping it and being like, oh, this is what these people at this time were thinking, or this is what these people at this time had. Yeah. In terms of like you know that that history to it. It but, gives what your your experience not just depth for taste, but depth in terms of history. Right. 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 Too. I actually yeah. have a friend of mine who has an app in the. Uh, I know it's in the iOS store. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's on the Android side. Um, but he makes an app that's all about prohibition era cocktails. Oh, really? And he only focuses on that time frame. And it's because in prohibition you didn't get fancy. I mean, you barely alcohol was illegal in the states. You didn't. It wasn't about fancy. It was like, oh, do you have you have schnapps? We're doing it. Like this is yeah. what we got. You know, like do you have? What do you have? We're gonna make something from it. And a lot of the drinks he shows are very strong. Mm-hmm. And very alcohol forward, but that's because that's what people drank back then. Yeah, you drink in Manhattan, right? Because you don't, um, you add, you have a lot of, you have alcohol in there. You don't add all the flavors. And you have like pineapple and things like that. And mm-hmm. you might have, you might go somewhere that has a a a liquor, and they might add an additional flavor to it. And again, you might like it, but for me, it's like, well, why did you do this? You know, why did you modify this? Oh, you this because you liked the original taste of where it came from, but you thought it'd be better to modify and add this flavor to it. And then I might be like, hey, that's a good idea. Or be like, why did you do this to this? You just, you ruined this drink. <laughs> it is, it's too sweet now. I don't like it. I mean, it, I don't like sweet drinks. That's just, <laughs> like, if you can't tell, it's the, it has to do with that. I'm like, sugary drinks can go away. I'm not a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, <coughs> give me the sugary drink. It's okay. It's okay. Different, but, different things. Exactly. Well, and, and I think that uh, that's what's interesting about kind of like that just like the background of it historically speaking there's so many things that have a a big meaning because of i I mean sorry i'm just trying to say it like this okay humans put a lot of emphasis on the way things were or used to have been yeah and they let it let it define the way they're the the way things should be i'm shifting from alcohol now yeah no i know so i'm not talking about alcohol but you know, you look at the fact that um, like things like prohibition were like a big deal, right? Yeah. In the U.S. And uh, there is there's this channel on YouTube I watch. Um, oh, I forget the name of the channel. Oh, I forget the name. We'll have to add it on another episode. Yeah, he makes he makes animated videos about history. Oversimplified. That's the channel. Got it. He makes animated uh, videos about history, and he adds humor to it. I, th- I think it's so funny. But he had one on prohibition, and um, what what's interesting is always the the background about why prohibition was a thing or why whatever it is in history was a thing right? yeah like it's like it's something uh, most of the time it's something that has no real consequence right like to me a real consequence for something is if we don't do this everybody dies right yeah. that's a real consequence we should have limits on nuclear weapons because if we don't have limits on nuclear weapons everybody's gonna die and you know 
But mm-hmm. a lot of other times, they, they, they tie the same gravity of effect to things that are so insignificant. It'll be like, I don't like, I don't like alcohol because it changes the way people are. So instead of changing the people, I'm going to say you can't have any alcohol. It's like, but like the issue isn't necessarily the alcohol itself. It's what people do or how they act or how much they have it. Right. Yeah. And so it's the behavior that needs to change, not the alcohol itself. But like historically people always do that. Right. It's, it's for everything. It's they, I don't know, they just kind of have like a, they have like a, it's like video games too. Video games the cause objects, violence. Not the, not the, not behavior. the people. Yeah. You like, you sympathize more for the people than you do for the object. When I'm like, the object literally has nothing to do with it uh, other than the fact that it exists. Like alcohol is always going to exist. Prohibition in the U.S., fine. Europe is still drinking. So is Asia. Yeah. So is, you know, South America. Like, they're all still drinking. So, like, you can't, you're not going to be able to get rid of alcohol. So, my thing is, why do you always try to do the hardest thing first? Which is to get rid of the thing entirely. When, like, you can't do that. Because no nobody else in the world is going to be like, we're going to follow America's lead and get rid of alcohol. Like, it's not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. So, at that point, then you deal with people doing underground stuff. It's like, they do sneaky things and they... And that's what, ha- that's what ended up ending prohibition. Was the, yeah. was the fact that there were so many people... Selling drugs, selling drugs, selling uh, alcohol under the table. Yeah, like speakeasies and yeah. like basement gambling but it led parlors. To, it led to all the the gang violence from freaking yeah. trying to, uh, you know, control your turf of alcohol in the underworld, and just kind of like in the underworld. That sounds so funny. Um, but it's just kind of Hades is sipping on a beer. Yeah, Hades is like, oh no, no alcohol for you guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just. Uh, I don't know. I just I find it fascinating that that's hu- humanity's first approach is always to be like, you know, you know, let's 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 focus on the thing first. Let's focus on the thing, not focusing because there's so many examples in the same planet we're on, where you where people have been able to have better discipline and therefore it's not a problem, right? I'm trying to avoid specific topics, but I'm gonna go into one real quickly. We don't have to stay on it, but literally like gun violence, right? Yeah. You look at other countries in the world that ha- everybody has a gun. And it's like, they, ha- they all have a gun. So, you know, but they don't have shootings all the time. I woke up this morning and there were like two shootings that had happened in the U.S. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, everybody goes towards, we need to have gun control, gun control, gun control. I mean, I don't disagree that, you know, having the, some type of limitation on what's available is, is, a, is a, I think is a good thing. But I also am kind of like, why aren't you like talking to the people who are doing this? Yeah. Cause there's always a precursor. Everything has a precursor. Yeah. People want to act like you look at movies and you think like that person just died out of nowhere. Like, no, there was probably stuff that happened before that gave them signs that their body was failing them. Right. Yeah. I but agree. like, did you take the time to pay attention to your body? You take the time to pay attention to the person who was feeling a certain way about stuff before they had to take that extreme measure. And it's like, most people don't because I mean, and to be fair, people are distracted by stuff. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with that. For example, I'm gonna I'm you're talking about gun violence. If I stabbed you with a pencil, mm-hmm. the pencil is a weapon. Yeah. Am I the problem, or are you gonna take away my pencil? <laughs> they would take away the pencil. First. <laughs> yeah. No, no pencils. pencils. No pencils. No one gets pencils anymore because <laughs> they're weapons. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So and 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 that goes back to the point of like a gun just being a tool. Like I think Americans really overdo it. Where they they give guns way too much power. I'm not even a gun advocate. I to be honest, I could care less. If they were like all guns are outlawed, I'm like fine, perfect. 
And then, like, everybody could have a gun, but, like, everybody had the maturity to own one, yeah. I'd be like, fine. Yeah. I don't give a crap. It's just it's just knowing that people go and do stuff with guns that you're just kind of... I never... In, I, I, may, I may be going down a rabbit hole here when I'm saying all this, but to me, it doesn't make sense for people to get mad at certain stuff. So, you cheat... Like, if you... For example, if you had two girlfriends and you didn't tell the other girl that you were dating them, right? Yeah. So you ha- you were cheating. The girls would get mad at each other. And you. Yeah. Right? But I'm like, why are they mad at each other at all? Because they didn't even know what was happening. Yeah, they didn't even know. Like, it's different if she's like, yeah, I knew you were there and I don't give a crap, right? Like, that's different. Yeah. But, like, you get mad at the other girl. Like, the two girls get mad at each other because you're cheating. I'm like, they should both be trying to kill you because you, I mean, not yeah, really, but yeah, yeah. they should both be mad yeah. at you because yeah. you're the one that kn- knows about both of them and you're, you decide to do yeah. both. I think it's just human nature. Like if you, let's, I'm going to go off on something completely different, but it, let's say you're living in your house and you have a freaking leaky faucet and yeah. you try to fix it and it keeps leaking and you've had like three or four repair guys come out and you, they think they fixed it and it's still leaking. You obviously you're frustrated by this freaking faucet, right? Right. But then let's say you're out in the road and someone just rams you. And it's a teenage driver. I'm going to say teenage driver just to give them more of an innocence. Like they don't know what they're doing. Right. And then you completely just unload on this teenager for running into the back of your car. Right. Because you're so mad. Are you really mad at them or are you mad at Licky Fawcett? You know, it's just right. yeah, it's human yeah. nature to direct it, it. Unfortunately, as humans, we tend to bottle up our anger and unleash it in areas that we don't really mean to unleash it on. Exactly. You're mad at. You're mad at your boss for doing something, and you want to bring a gun and whatever, and you're shooting multiple people in your job. It's like they have anything to do with that. No, nothing. I mean, and I'm yeah. not saying you yeah. should go after your boss. Yeah. I'm just saying that yeah. you you like affect so many other people yeah. with that, and it's just and I think it. I think like in all honesty, I think it'd just be better for people to direct their anger at whatever it is they're frustrated at earlier, yes. because what happens is you bottle it up, and then that's why you're you kind of have the I don't care about the like. The yeah. shockwave of my effect. And when you are angry, you are not rational. And when you're not rational, you do stupid things. Yeah, but like you have, to, I feel like you have to get that angry. You do, true, but we're but we're also talking that if you're already in that state, yeah, that's why you lash out at anything and everyone around you, mm-hmm. because you're not thinking rationally, because you're already in that mindset. But I mean, okay, so how many times have you been in that mindset where you're just like irrationally angry? Well, I mean, I, it doesn't happen. Some people get uncontrollably angry. Some people even black out, right? Some people do that. They black out. But, I, but what I, I guess and it's because when your brain is in that mode, you're in that fight or flight mode. But going back, and your to the, job is to protect yourself. Yeah. Or to attack someone to protect yourself. You're but going in that back to like self. You need to protect you. Going back to the precursor of mm-hmm. was there a moment before this that I knew I was frustrated, um, and I think. For anybody, there's a there's a moment where frustration comes into play. Like you you might get angry at something, but do nothing about yeah. it. You might get frustrated, but do nothing about it. But then now you're like blackout angry because you're like, this has happened to me yeah. x amount of times. But you have to have emotional maturity to comprehend that and recognize when that happens. Because mm. there are many people that don't have that and don't realize that 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 this they're not self aware. That they are thinking a certain way about something and they don't look back and say, well, this was the original cause, right? They start blaming other people for their problems. They blame, again, it goes back to blaming everything else, right? Yeah. I'm yelling at this poor teenager who rented me because I'm looking fast at home. Right. That justified it in my mind. You're, I'm, I've had a bad day because of Lukey Fawcett. 
did that really did, did that teenager deserve to be yelled at by me because of something else? No. I guess you that know, makes I need to have emotional maturity and have be able to think rationally to understand like wait a minute. I am deflecting my anger onto you about something that's not related to you. I apologize. Forgive me, I'm a little heated right now. I guess that makes sense. It, it's just kind of Man, I just, uh, I just think a lot of things could be solved by people being just aware of that simple yeah. fact. Like, if you were just aware of, of that thing that you're frustrated by and not having to deal with whatever is making you mad in that moment, you'd probably, I mean, there'd probably be a lot less incidents. But that's kind of what I'm saying in that, same thing with guns and stuff. I just think that might be an American issue. I mean, it's an issue that happens to all yeah, humans. everywhere, yeah. But I'm saying, when you look at culturally... Like, thinking about how a lot of other cultures are able to handle not having acts like this happen. Yeah. But Americans seem to have that first reaction being that. I just think it's, like, I don't, I don't think we really talk about, like, that type of concept. True. I'm trying to say, like, as much. But, <laughs> but you know, we don't talk about that concept growing up. Yeah. My mom talked to me about that stuff a, a lot, especially when I was a kid, because I used to be really short-fused. Um, so, she kind of was talking to me about how... How I got mad. Yeah. Why I got mad. What was happening. Yeah. Um, and breaking it down for me. And now, as an adult, when I get frustrated about something or mad about something, I can kind of let things go and not re- not really hang on them. So if something happens to me twice or again or whatever, I'm not as mad as I would be if I didn't realize those things made me mad. Because I sit there and think, this made me mad. But is it worth me acting on, or is it yeah. worth me even dealing with the confrontation of the with the person of being, you know, saying this made me upset? And then you know I think about it, and I'm naturally non-confrontational, right? So I'm I'm sitting there and I say, mm, it's not really worth it to me to deal with this, to deal with this thing in this manner, right? Because whatever it was wasn't in that person's control, or yeah. they were having a bad day. So yeah. there's no point for me to to get up in their face about something. But it's different because I do go I do go to zero to one hundred kind of quick when certain things happen that I feel are is very much avoidable, right? And, or or especially when something happens disproportionately. You know, you're doing yeah. something with somebody else. Two people are there, but one person it like isolates you as the thing. Yeah. It's like what what about the other person who was there, right? So I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not saying like I've managed my emotions. Like that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that there are certain times when when recognizing what has actually made me mad allows me to act differently. Yeah. Um, and I realize that there are other things to me, especially things that seem like an unfair imbalance or unfair injustice that really frustrate me like to a level that is maybe maybe for some people is un un like they, they wouldn't understand why it frustrates me so much. But to me, it's just, again, that balance of being fair is the most important thing. Because I'm going to try to be fair to everybody else. So when somebody is not fair to me, it just makes me really frustrated when that happens. But I find that that doesn't happen very often because a lot of times I go back to that first thing where it's, where it's kind of the thought of, is this worth me getting frustrated over? Sure. So, you know, they can kind of help out with each other. But at the same time, I've definitely like blown up on teachers sometimes and uh gotten frustrated uh at, at managers and stuff because of the way that they have treated me versus my co-workers and i do recognize those times that happened to me so it's just i don't know i, I get people getting frustrated 
I just never get the lo- the level of collateral damage. Yeah. But I think it's also like going. I mean, if you look at every event as like from a parent standpoint too, you know, if you're a parent and you watch an event take place, each event in itself is an event. It's just a one-time occurrence. So it's a it's a it has a beginning and an end, and it's how you react to it that makes a difference, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, let's just let's say you're, you're a parent, and you have two kids, and they're fighting. And if you don't see what's going on, what if you know? This is, let's give an example here, right? I'm the older sibling in my immediate family, mm-hmm. right? And whenever you know the older and the younger sibling are fighting, it's generally the older sibling's fault, no matter what it is. And at least in my family, the justification of that was, well, you're older, you should know better. Right. And but then does in this in, in this example, does that keep the younger sibling from the behavior? No, because they never get in trouble. So they can continue that same behavior without any repercussion because every time they do this event, the older sibling gets blamed. Right. Now if you were the parent and whenever the younger sibling would bug the new, older sibling, they both got in trouble. The younger sibling wouldn't do it anymore because they got in trouble. But now the older sibling might resent that younger sibling for getting them in trouble all the time. Mm-hmm. So, but they get in trouble either way. You know what I'm saying? But there's, there's, yeah. it, there, there's, there's not a right or wrong answer in this case because unless you actually see it and can punish the right person, you don't know. Well, me, but me as a parent, you don't know. There's two. There's you can react different ways. Well, being the younger sibling in that situation, that happened a lot, especially yeah. when stuff would happen with my sister and she would get away with it beforehand, and then sometimes she would do something a little. It's, it's like. Just imagine, like, your older sibling would, like, smack you or something, right? And But your parents don't see it. Yeah. And you're like, Mom! Blah, blah, blah! She's sloppy! Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she doesn't really see it. But for me as a kid, my mom always believed me. So she'd be like, Jessica, blah, 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 what are you doing? And so yeah. my sister would look and be like, oh, you get away with everything, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, when I got older and I got into high school and stuff, and I started doing things that were against my parents' wishes... Yeah. She also had me like running home trying not to get my butt whooped because I disobeyed her at the yeah. same time. So, I, I, you know, it, it, it definitely has to do with your parents leveling out that type yeah. of. Uh, I'm not trying to get into the parent parental stuff. I'm just saying that like, you're talking about how, uh, as a society, we either go after objects or we go after behaviors or mm-hmm. things. And I'm giving an example of as a parent, every, any, every single event that you see mm-hmm. or as a human being, you can react in different ways. Well, and each reaction you have to each event has a different outcome. It's true. Um, it's true that you have a different outcome for those events. I, I just think that you... I think these are things that are taught. It's kind of my... Sorry, I didn't mean to... That's fine. No, that's where we go. I do think that yeah. like you're taught that. Yeah. I think your parents have a hand in teaching you that. They do. The, they have a hand in teaching you but, fairness. But, but I'm but, using this example of what... what I, I'm using this as an example because some, your parents don't didn't see what happened. Right. Right. How do you react to it? You don't. This is like, remember, I stab you with a pencil. Yeah. Is the pencil in trouble? Or am I in trouble? You know, that's where it goes back to well, like, but who's I mean, fault. And the only reason I'd be blamed is because I'm the only human being in this interaction, right? I, yeah. just, I had to pick up the pencil and stab you. But if there's two people involved and you didn't see who started it, who's, in, who's at fault? You well, don't know. But to, okay, so to that and same point. And kids don't think rationally. But to that so same you, point. you have no idea what happened. How, do you, how does the person who you're telling or whatever, the authority in that situation, not know I didn't stab myself? They don't. They only react to what they think they happen. But if, you, if you, if I saw a child, you see, I'm using. We're going to use kids in this example as a parent. Okay. If you, the, the average, the average child, average child, 
would not have stabbed himself with a pencil. Right. <laughs> right. So, but you're going on the premonition. If if you are a a a an adult that would never ever have thought yourself harm, you would be like, okay, someone obviously stabbed you. Yeah. And then you'd have to find someone else to blame. But what if you grew up depressed and that was something that you had done on a daily basis? You might look at the same kid and think, are you depressed too? Right. It's the same situation. There's some different outlook. You know, what if I'm looking for someone else to blame? And what I'm trying to help the child or this kid to figure out what's wrong, you know, mm-hmm. it's just your focus is in different areas. But yeah, but I, I, I think that kind of goes back to like person people's experience. True, but that goes down to your experience shapes your reality. Yeah. So we're talking again, going back on how people react to events. It's all based on your own perspective. I mean, one hundred percent. Yeah. Because you can't. Because there's nothing else to base it off. It's true, 100%. You know? Yeah, there's yeah. nothing else to like go off of. So saying. your question was, it's crazy how we as people tend to remove, we remove objects. We talk about prohibition. Mm-hmm. We remove alcohol because you don't like how people behave, right? Yeah. You can't control how someone will behave. There's no way. You, you couldn't if you tried. So the only logical thing in, in our minds at that point is take away the thing that's making them behave that way they do. Is that the smarter idea? I don't know. It's probably, you know, like it, in that case, it wasn't. People still did it anyway. But you can't control people's behavior. But so I think the, the correct answer would be to not do anything. But I think. Because you you're not in control. Well, no, because the, the thing is there is that the, it's not an, is The option isn't that or nothing. Because that's. Well, uh, that's the the only reason I take, okay. I take like, issue with that uh, is because of gun violence. Yeah. For example. Okay, well, because they do nothing yeah. about it and yes. they act like it's. They act, they act as if there is nothing that can be done. My thing is, there's a lot that can be done. There's a lot that... You don't even have to go into taking people's guns away to, to do this. The, the whole thing that has to be done is anytime an incidence of violence with this person, their guns are removed from them, right? Yes. Like, because most of the time, people have some precursor event that happens to them. True. So, it's, so they're, you know, oh, this person beat up their parents or they beat up their girlfriend or they, you know, whatever. They did this, this, this violent act of act before yeah. why are we allowing them to continue to have guns their, their guns need to be removed from them because they've already shown signs of being violence violent um and the other thing is is also kind of having some type of like some type of stricter process for giving giving a gun for example prior before, yeah. before you first get it but <clears throat> i say that that's like something government can do institutionally but the other part of that is just having the conversation with people about guns, right? The whole thing about getting them, you're in a culture where they don't care. Like Texas, for example. Uh, this is a generalization. But the idea that most people have of Texans is they love guns, right? Yeah. So, great, you love guns. Why are there a lot of gun clubs down there with people who are like, you know... I mean, there could be. There probably yeah. are. But I'm just saying, you know that your 17-year-old, 18-year-old wants to have a gun. You take them shooting and stuff like that. Instead of just giving them a gun, take them into the culture of like what it is to be a gun owner, the responsibility they have. That changes the outlook of their use of a gun in general, but people don't take the extra step that is a lot of times not physical. Mm-hmm. It's just more like, it's more mentally having people understand that. So what you're, and I get where you're coming from, because you're talking about how, again, the object is not the cause of the, of the issue. It is... You need to have, we need, as a culture, need more of a social responsibility to make sure everyone is aware 
of what they can or cannot do with an object. Yes. That's considered acceptable in society or not acceptable. Yeah. Because you can also be ostracized from that community that you're in yeah. if you do something that's outside of... And, it, and it, I guess what I'm saying is it, it's not... To me, it's not the responsibility of the government. And I'm, I'm yeah. going to sound like a... What it, I'm going to sound like somebody who's like, no, don't mess with state stuff. But it's not the responsibility of the government to tell people what they should be doing with themselves. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah. So to me, them getting involved in like prohibition, for example, is them telling people what they can or can't do. Yes. And that's why people don't like it immediately. As soon yeah. as they do it, they don't like it auto- automatically. Yeah. And, and you're going to put resistance up immediately. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I agree with that. But if you had, if you created an, an, a, an aura or like a culture around responsibility, like the first thing that happened with prohibitions, pro- prohibition was women protesting because they didn't like what was happening with the men when they were drinking, when they come home drunk, right? So that was one of the first aspects, according to this oversimplified, oversimplified video I watched. One of the first aspects was women protesting, right? And all and what women were protesting for were to be was to be treated appropriately, whether alcohol or not, yeah. right? And in my mind, if you just stuck to what they wanted, if yeah. if, if that if that became the narrative around like avoiding alcoholism. And you push that in like news, and you push that everywhere else, and created a community around, you know, making sure that women are respected when men drink. Just simple as that, yeah. right? Now you have you have men who agree with that sentiment, becoming a part of that type of community, yeah, right. And now they go to bars and they see a dude who's pissed drunk, right? And now they take their step to being like, dude, like you know, yeah. we've heard. That, you know, you've been violent towards your wife. We're cutting you off on these drinks. You can't yeah. have any more alcohol tonight because you have this history of being this way. Mm-hmm. To me, that's almost like therapeutically, in a sense, kind of, a way that you help other people in the community. You're talking about, again, going back to the social responsibility. Yeah, and to me, that's, that's literally the issue with the United States is there's no social community around stuff. People, people do stuff and they get frustrated by it because they feel... They feel alone. They, they go out and they drink because they feel lonely. Like yeah. a lot, not everybody, but a lot yeah. of people go out and do that. Then they come home and deal with their life that they may have not wanted to deal with in the first place. Yeah. And now they, the alcohol has that effect on them that makes them different than they would have been if they hadn't had it. I get what you mean. And so because of that, because there's nothing else there to, to capture that emotion, they end up becoming not the person that they would have originally been. I don't think yeah. most people are... And violent like that. True. And I would also say that our society tends to only look at physical ailments, not mental. Right. Mental right. health is not as seen as an important But thing. mental health also is not is not talking about the word mental health all the time. True. I, I'm, I'm sorry to say this, and I'm maybe not in the right boat to say it, but people will say the word mental health all the time and act like that's helping somebody. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's watch like... Watch for your mental health. Watch for your mental health. Watch yeah, for your mental health. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. What am I watching out for? If exactly. I'm, exactly. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you're not getting to like the root of the issue yeah. by by just advocating for mental health. Just just saying the word, or yeah. or even even giving somebody mental health days off of work. Right. Great. Yeah. They don't have to come into work, but are you actually helping them? No, you're not. Deal you're with giving, the issue you're just that they're putting having. on pause. What you're really saying is, 
I don't want to deal with this. You can go home. Yeah. Right. I, I don't. I don't want to be. I don't want to inject myself as part of this issue you're having, and become a solution. But I will let you have the day off of work. Yeah. To handle it yourself. To handle it yourself. And a lot of times, men, people who have mental or having going through a mental issue can't help themselves. That's the whole point. That's the point of mental. Of, health. of having yeah. a mental issue is that you need you need some help. And I and I think because your brain can't rationalize it and you can't see outside the box because you're stuck in it. Exactly. And I think the problem is that a lot of um, a lot of things that are pegged to help people mentally are they don't actually help people. I think, and I think the other thing is people have a lot of negative connotation around, yeah, like going to therapy or they have a lot of negative connotation around, you know, I don't know, just whatever it is that can help you. Even even things like addiction, people who go to rehab, right? Yeah. There's a lot of it's like oh you went to rehab like it's not like it's not something that yeah, is you don't a positive. say you don't say good for you you went to rehab you're yeah. like oh you well and, and you the thing is even if people say good for you and like you know that they're not seeing you in a positive way no they're you not had to go, yeah they think right? that like yeah it's like oh if, if let's say you went to rehab they think that it must have gotten really bad for you to do that and therefore you don't have much self control you're being judged yes just from the words that you're saying yes and even if somebody says the opposite of what you think they are. Deep down, you know society judges you for being in that state, right? Yeah, I get you. So, I, and so again, that's kind of why I, I believe that having a better support system outside of things that are institutionally like made is a, is a better outlook for people. Yeah. Because if you if you were to do it, like you know, and a lot a lot of times things that I have issues with issues with are solved by my friends seeing what they're doing. And being open enough to, to realize how it applies to me, right? What somebody is doing, seeing what they're doing and being and saying, oh, man, I would never want to do that. And then that makes me think about the stuff that I'm doing, right? Yeah. But you could argue that that's because maybe I'm more aware of Again, myself, yeah. right? But at the same time, I think the only way people become aware of themselves is through something like that. You, yeah. you can't just become, you can't one day wake up and be like, I'm aware of, oh, no, I'm aware of this. You have, you have to, to like, it's practice. A taunt, yeah, it's a... It's a you, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. You need practice. It has to be something you either you either have to be taught it, right, or you physically have to teach yourself by like force, like by right. just by being self aware. And I think you can teach yourself just by being around people who have a similar being around somebody who's more who may be a more positive outlook in what it is that you're doing, even if it's negative, even if it's even if you're a drug addict, like for example, but you're around somebody who was a drug addict. And has now worked them way, worked their way out of it, and you're seeing how they've done that. That can show you how you can work out of it, as well. And I think that's more powerful than like going before a doctor or a therapist and them telling you what you need, while at the same time they have their own issues. Yeah, and they've never been in your shoes. Exactly. They they don't understand where it's coming from. So it's kind of it's kind of like you know, it's kind of like me telling your a kid a parent telling their kid to clean their room. They don't care. They don't care. I started. I, well, my room is kind of nice right now, but I started caring about cleaning my room yeah. when I had to deal with yeah. it being dirty. Now I have to deal with the mess of it. Or yeah, it's on you now. Yeah, you see a mouse, uh, not a mouse. You see a, a an ant in yeah. your room or something like that, and you're thinking, is this ant in my room because of this? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, and so you yeah. start cleaning up because you're trying to mitigate that yeah. from happening. Yeah, it's the same. I think it's the same thing with other stuff. Is you know, especially with like recently, like DMX passing away. Um, huge rapper who passed away and like what that does to a lot of people who have had uh, issues with alcohol because he OD'd right and like what that has done to people who who look at that and they see that and they see this guy who 
in the 90s was really big. You talk, you talk yeah. about like influential rappers at the time. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you know about this, term, but mm-hmm. you talk about influential yeah. rappers at the time. DMX is. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And I was going to say, like, he was like up with names like, you know, you think about the, like, the era he came from. He came yeah. from the era of like Tupac and Biggie, which huge, right? Yeah. Still to this day, seen as huge influences on hip hop. And he's from that time. And, and I say it like that, you know, because I myself, I you know I I know I know who DMX is. I never really listened to his music. Like I wasn't I wasn't like my first thing. Like, oh yeah, let me listen to DMX. You know that wasn't my first thing. Yeah. But when I go, your parents gonna be mad if you were listening to it at your age. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But when I go back and I look at when I look at his, I guess I look at the brief description of his life, right? Like, you yeah. know, you go on the Wikipedia page and it's just like a little description, like a little synopsis of it. It's nowhere near his full life. But you look at the information that they have on him, and you realize what he was a part of. It's just it's very interesting to see, like, so you're talking about like the history of your drinks and stuff like, like that. I kind of look at history in this instance. Yeah. For me, it ties more to people. So I, so when something happens, like I, I got on a real big kick on Kurt Cobain. Kurt Kurt Cobain. Kurt, 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 am I saying it right? Kurt, yeah. From um. Nirvana. Oh, Nirvana. Thank you. I got in a big Kurt, Kurt not Kurt. Kurt, Kurt, Kurt. yeah, I knew I was saying it wrong. I got in a big like history for that, so I went in and looked at that, and I realized that um, the the influence and the stuff that he went through, he went through a lot. He went through a lot in in his life, and then and then I realized how young he was. Like I'm older than he was when he died, and I'm just sitting here just being like, what? Like this is blowing my mind. But you also you think that this. When you, when you watch a movie on his life or you hear about it, you think that he was just somebody who was famous and then, like, committed suicide, right? But when you realize that he had other issues, he had dietary issues, he had other things going on in his life other than this, other than, like, just the thoughts you may think that somebody who, who commits suicide has. Yeah. You don't, you, you just sit there and think, like, what was the trigger? That I think that's what gets me a lot of times with yeah. people. It's like, what was the trigger? You know? Um, I don't know why I went down this rabbit hole just now. It's a lot of fun, to be honest. But it's just interesting to think about, to look at people mm-hmm. and to have your own thoughts about what they were thinking. Yeah. Right? You don't know, you'll never know exactly what was going on, going on in their minds. But you look at them and you look at the impact they've had in yeah. their life. And you think, man, these people were nowhere near perfect in their mind. In their mind, they were not like, I'm, I'm getting up every day. I'm excellent, you know? Yeah. They were nowhere near like that to themselves, I think, at least. Yeah. And that led them down this path that led to suicide and led to alcohol yeah. abuse. And so when you look at them and you see that they were like this, when you go through your problems and you, see, and you think about, dang, that's crazy, you, and you, but you... Like, you are. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound bad, but you're still moving through life. You know, yeah, you're still living, and you think about your issues. It's either like one, I'm not thinking about my issues in my life, yeah, as severe as they were, mm-hmm. or I'm not thinking about the issues in my life to like they don't impact me the same. Yeah, whatever. True. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of like weird to think about what what is that thing that led to the person doing this thing. Yeah. You know that like that was such a big thing for them that led to them no longer being being with us, but you know in your life 
you're kind of just like, oh man, like I got I got fired or like this happened mm-hmm. to me. Like you, you look at like people like Walt Disney who had multiple failed attempts at yeah. what he was doing, and like he just kept going. And I don't know, it's just it, it comes out like the perfect storm. If you want to bring it into like hurricane season, right? Mm-hmm. They know the opportune time is when they form. You know, you know, air pressure, hot air, cold air, you know, you know, ocean currents, all this stuff. Yeah. But just because it's the the weather's there doesn't make it's gonna form. They don't know. It's just know that they that the recipe's there, right? Mm-hmm. So it, when it comes back down to that, your whole life, all your life is, is just a series of events from your point of view. And it really just me- makes when, when that event hits you, you have to. It depends on your mindset at the time it happened. What, what event happened, you know, pre- preceding it, or came after that event that might have given that one event more meaning in your life. Yeah. And how receptive were you, or how did you react to that event taking place? Right. And then you just, from that point on, could be a domino effect one way or the other. That's it. True. Yeah. It, I, it's so funny that we went down this. We did. And this is where I think, uh, God, this is a good uh, podcast. We went down this rabbit hole. I'm sorry, everybody. We're kind of being depressing now. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't mean, I mean for more of the fact of looking at these people and realizing where they are versus you looking at it and being like, that was so sad. But looking at it and realizing that, you know, you're, you're going to have these type of moments, but like you live through them. Yeah. And... And it's, it's going to sound bad for me to say it like this, but, like, why do you live through them versus somebody who does not, right? Yeah. And that and to me, that kind of gives you strength in that I do live through them, mm-hmm. right? And it's not saying that other people weren't strong, but it's just, like, you're still dealing with these issues now in your life, right? Yeah. And obviously, they're not, they're not things that, you know, may or may not be big enough for you, or maybe they're huge. But I mean, I'm not one to sit here and talk about like mental, yeah, mental health and stuff. But I just think about how I live my life, yeah, and how I look at stuff and my perception of what's important or what makes me feel a certain way. And when I think about it like that, that's that's where I talk from. I talk from personal experience. Yeah. I'm not trying to therapize. Therapize is that a word? I don't know. It is now. <laughs> I'm not trying to therapize people. I'm not trying to say this is how you should live your life because I don't think anybody can tell you that. I don't think anybody can really yeah. tell you how you should be living your life. True. I think that's the problem is a lot of times it's, it's, it's incompatible with the, your way of thinking, their way of telling you how mm-hmm. to think is incompatible. I think you need, to, you need to take the time to realize what's affecting you and how you can best move forward from something versus putting all your hope on somebody else telling you how True. to move forward on something. Yeah. And I know it can be kind of hard because you sit there and you think if – I don't, obviously, I don't know what's best for me because I'm not able to move past X or Y issue. Um, but like you, like you have to. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing. It's like yeah. If you're going to move past it, you have to do it. Yeah. Nobody else is going to be able to do it for you. I think what also is, is because we're in the day and age of social media, mm-hmm. you also look at like your friends or people you know. And what do people do on social media? They always like, they try to, I don't want to say try, I don't want to say it this way. But generally people tend to overly make their, their life seem very fabulous. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what they do, right? And what do you do? You look at what they're doing and then you compare it to you. Right. And at the end of the day, everyone has different life paths. Yeah. There's no reason for you to compare yourself to another human being. Well, the thing Because you're not that other human being. You're you. Exactly. And you, you tend to like, okay, cool. I have, um, you look at a, someone's page and you go, oh, you always seem to be on vacation. 
Are they really? Maybe there was a, that vacation was from three years ago. You know, so maybe, maybe they're, they're working. Maybe they're, they're working. They're yeah. taking that that one picture, and, and, and <laughs> from from their, I don't know, from their social media page, it looks like that's they're living the fabulous life. Yeah. But maybe that's because they're mentally hurting, right? And they want you to think that so they feel better about themselves. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like everyone. It literally is a tug of war. Of well, mental, and nobody's ever tug of war. Nobody's ever gonna post something when they're not feeling well. No. Nobody's isn't. ever going to. You know, that's the whole point. Yeah. I was I was listening to another podcast, and uh, this is what they were saying. You know, they look at you look at people's life, and you think, man, they're doing really well. But you know, they were like, I was in the slump for the last few months. I didn't post anything because I was in the slump. Right. Yeah. So of course you're not gonna see or hear yeah, or you never, when yeah. But is that going back to how we define mental health? Is we we don't talk about it, right? When I'm in a slump, I don't share my thoughts with you. But when I'm in a good mood, I'll share everything with you. Yeah. You know, and it goes right. But again, it, it, I don't know. It's interesting. But, but I think it's a part of a real. Fr- I think the problem is we don't have as many real friendships in this country as we think we do. Because yeah. to me, a real friendship is you talk to somebody about your problems. They listen to your problems. Mm-hmm. And then you you are better because you told them about your issues. Yes. Right? Or, so be a, or you're not ashamed to admit that you have a problem. Right. Because you trust this person enough to tell them this thing that's personal. And so you're able to kind of get the feedback from them about it because you trust them. You yes. take their advice differently than somebody else you don't, you don't know. You yeah, know? absolutely. Um, so yeah, I just think there's a there are definitely a lot of issues culturally in this country, and it's gotten worse because we've kind of lost an idea of what we what we're doing as a as a country. We've lost the idea of what we're doing. Everybody's always ready to be mad at a different group or nationality yeah. or whatever, right? It doesn't matter what it is. You always have to be an A or B side, and it's just True. not. But also normal. going back to social media, news, good, bad, yeah. fake. Real news sucks. Spreads like wildfire, and they can't. Nobody can. I mean, I can. I don't know. I can say that right now. Um, every tree in Maryland is blue. Yeah. And I'm hundred percent lying about this, obviously. But I will probably get to a few hundred people that would actually believe that before someone actually corrected me. Because yeah. it would already be spreading on the internet. I say three hundred, probably more than that. But like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, because we live in a society where you you people just they read the information, and then there's so much information coming at them from all different directions that you have to figure out how to interpret that information. And sometimes you it's you can't, you physically can't. The only way to do it on some of my days off, I turn off my phone, I turn off my technology, and I'm like, I can't deal with it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm done because there's information overload. It but is. It's either you, you either turn it off or you just don't give it as much yeah, importance. You yeah. If you, if you say this is not important to me or I don't really care about having the being on the cusp of information, like I've never really been on Twitter, like mm-hmm. all those things, yeah. because I just think that those things are so bad in terms of the perception they give off on something. Yeah. And then the thing they tell you is you have to care about this thing. Because if you don't, then obviously you're a part of the problem. It's like, no, why do I have to care? Why do I have to have an opinion on something just because you think I should have an opinion on it? Right? True. Like, I don't need to have it. If, if something happens in some other part of the country that, no offense, does not affect me, my friends, my family, right? And is not going to affect the broader scope of people in my circle or my country, for example. Yeah. Then I don't think I need to have an opinion on it. Yeah. Right, I, like one because I don't know enough about it to have a to form the appropriate mm-hmm. opinion, 
if I if I was there and I saw it, I could be like, oh no, this is definitely what happened. And here's, here's my thoughts on this. Yeah. But if, if I'm hearing about it from something, how am I going to have the perfect, the appropriate per- perception of yeah. what happened there enough to provide you with the accurate information I'm basing my theory of what happened on? Mm-hmm. It just that just that's the biggest issue I think we have is like you see something that happens in California or Washington State or whatever, and you're like, oh no 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 no. I heard from this news source, which is 100% accurate in my opinion, that this is the correct thing. It's like that news source heard it from somebody else or that news source had a biased person who wrote the article on it or whatever. And their perception is completely different than what you would normally think. Exactly. But because you saw it in this article or whatever that you supposedly trust, I say supposedly because you think you, you think you trust it, but if you actually knew what was happening, you might second guess that. Yeah. Now you're like, yeah, this is this is definitely 100% real. Or this is definitely 100% yeah. what happened here. And you form yeah. your opinion based off mm-hmm. of that. We also are in a society where we want, I mean, we, we, there are, we kind of feel a, a, again, going back to, we don't have a social like community for, in the States that we talk about. Everyone's mm-hmm. divided. But then when we find an issue that we like, we tend to feel socially obligated to like defend that issue. Yes. And there's that phrase, and I know it's a little outdated, but it's always like, well, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? Because it's literally, like, at least from our perspective, it's across the world, right? Yeah. But because we get news so fast internationally, I can be up in arms because they raise, I mean, I'm using this example, right? They raise the price of something, I'm using the price of tea in China literally as it means. They raise the price of tea in China, and I'm like, what the hell? What's going on? Why? I'm so mad and angry. (laughs) And I can't live my life over here. Yeah. Because I feel like it should be a social issue that I'm going to take upon myself now. And it's like, no, you're not even a part of it. Like, go away. Yeah, you can't I'm, even do anything about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm way like, over so here. So why are you... Yeah, I you're getting my, involved with things that don't concern you. Right. So just not only you that, want to get on board with something. You're getting involved with you're things bored. you can't do anything about. Yeah. And to me, no. that's what makes people insane, is the yes. fact that they know it. They, they think that something should be done about it, but there's nothing they can do. Yeah, so unless you actually go... I mean, I'm not, I don't want to be a naysayer, because you, if you really wanted to, I can go to China... In right. protest, and in, in this instance, I don't. Right, know, right. I mean, the government might shut me down; they might not let me in because of COVID and all this other stuff. Right. But I mean, I could. But no, I'm just going to vent about it on social media. Well, we that which is just making the problem worse. Well, and I'm also, and, and also that is to say that it's somebody who is not Chinese who is like for in this example. Yeah. Somebody who's not Chinese, somebody who's American, somebody who has never lived overseas. Yeah. And who's never visited China. Yeah. But then now decides to go to China to protest this specific exactly. thing. Exactly. And you have no and idea what it's all about because you, you didn't know, know how about. it started. Yeah. You have and no you, idea. And you don't understand the political background of the Chinese government or yeah. anything. Exactly. So you're going over there you're and then the, now, you're, yeah. now you're taking the stance. And then, you know, it's, just, yeah. it's dumb and stuff like this because yeah, then, then you get arrested yeah. and then now it becomes a diplomatic issue. Yes. It's, like it's all, all because, because you were misinformed to begin with and, to, and went to an extreme length without all the information. Exactly. That's... Exactly my point. And I'm not saying that stuff like that doesn't happen. And I'm not saying there's, there aren't things that you shouldn't want to do stuff about. Yes. But I'm just saying how much of this thing that you're doing should impact your daily life. Yeah. And your, and your opinion on stuff. Yeah. That you don't have a say or control over. And, yeah. and that goes back to, as, as well, of people being responsible for other people. In yes. my opinion, people in, people in certain country have a responsibility to be responsible for their country. Yeah. The U.S. getting involved in a whole bunch of other countries' issues, not necessarily our yeah. place like to do unless, that. Yeah, like unless they're literally burning. 
Yeah, you know? the, the difference is when you have, <laughs> like, like, do you need help? <laughs> we would right, like but to even then, assistance. even then, I think that if we offer help, it should be help on the terms that other people well, I agree, set. that's what I'm saying, yeah. But a lot of times, you're like, we're going to offer you help. We're just going to blow up everything. It's like, yeah. the, but, like, I didn't want yeah. you to do that. Yeah. I wanted you to, like, help me yeah. by doing yeah. X or Y. But that's the other problem, though. It goes back to it. We want to help a country, right? I, I'm, gonna, I'm using this as an example. Myanmar, right? Yeah. Has that whole coup that just took place, right? And the, the, the military overthrew the government. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whose side do we take? Do the military side because they think they're right? Do you take the civilian side? They think they're right. The people. I don't know. The point is, we don't have enough information. So we go in and going, well, the military must be wrong because they got over to the government, which, I mean, 100% they might, that might be the case. I don't know. I literally am not informed. I did not research up on this. So now, again, we're going back to the whole, I'm an outsider who doesn't know the entire political spectrum of what actually happened, yeah. and I'm picking a side. Right, and you're assuming because the people, the civilians, are the people who are not—they're being oppressed. Like, so oppressed. Yeah. So the, the, you must be that they must be right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the, the thing is, is that because and and the yeah. the reason why we're right. taking a negative position on this yeah. is is not to say that people who are oppressed like that shouldn't be helped. It's more of the idea that people who are dealing with something like that, yeah. like because we don't have the full information, yeah. and even even if the information is that we know that they. Yeah. People did not want this coup. Well, yeah. you can, you can, common sense can dictate. Yeah. You imagine. Yeah. People didn't want it this. Be, to happen. It wouldn't be a coup if people wanted it. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine people didn't want it to happen, and they wanted to free. They wanted to free the the president. Or, yeah. I forget their I their mean, head yeah, of state. Yeah. yeah they wanted to free their head of state at the time, but the but the the problem is anytime we get involved. Yeah. As a country, we get involved with our whole like U.S. military and all that stuff yeah. behind it. It just never seems to help. It, it's no. more. It's more from that perspective. It escalates of, more. We don't fix it when we help them. Yeah. Right. Because we go in with our own agenda, our own yeah. idea of yeah. what we think they should be doing. Yeah. And so that's really the what. It. Yeah. Yeah. But that's really what I'm. I'm combating here. Yeah. It's not that people shouldn't be helped. It's more that the way the help is given yeah. needs to be very specific. It needs yeah. to be very. Like very well planned out with coordination of people who are going to be involved running the country afterwards. Yes, Afghanistan is a perfect example because now we're pulling out of Afghanistan, and it's like I have a coworker who's from there, and he talks about how like it's just weird because he talks about how he hates what the U.S. is doing, but at the same time he doesn't want them to leave because it's like this. What's been created is this, is this weird, like, I think I'm using that word when I say dichotomy, like this weird, like, yeah, you like, know. I hate that you're here, but now it's the norm, so don't go anywhere because I'm yeah. by how it's doing and I don't want to get worse. Exactly. But it's already bad as it is. Exactly. So you create this, like, really weird situation where it's, like, they like they don't like you, but they need you there because you do something that's better than This is going to sound really bad, but Stockholm Syndrome. It's, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> want, that's really bad. It wasn't the right way to go with it. But, yeah, but exactly. I yeah. just think it's, I, I mean, just yeah. think that kind of destroys, yeah. So in my, in my perfect worlds, we just wouldn't get involved like that. We wouldn't get involved militarily. Diplomatically, yeah. if you want to go on and yeah. say, we don't agree with this. Yeah. Say, so, uh, we're going to, we're going to, um, sanction you. Yeah. You know, and, you know, we're going to have these ramifications. Mm-hmm. I think that that is something that we need to, like, that's fine. Yeah. Um, to a certain point. But I think, unfortunately, I think we need to let things be handled by the people in their country. Yeah. And, and, then, and the, because I look at us as how we were made as a country. And we didn't, we, 
when when we had our civil war, we were praying uh, on the north side at least that huh. European powers did not get involved. Yeah. We didn't want them to get involved because we're looking at and, and the argument yeah, is that yeah. this is our problem. Don't yeah. come over here exactly. and help out with yeah. either side. This yeah. is our we issue. We need to resolve it ourselves. Right, because this is our country to deal with, right? Yeah. So like don't don't mess with that. Same thing with the revolution, right? American Revolution. Like we as a as a population decide to revolt against our British um yeah. I don't want to call them overlords, but you know, our British Overlords, fine. It's all the word I can use. We were a colony. We were colonial. Yeah, we were. Colonists. Yeah, we, we were colonized. Yeah. We decided to revolt against the, them. Yeah, and like the country that was treating us like colonists, we didn't want. We revolted against them, but we did have the help of France. We did. But, okay, we did. But, have the, we did have the help of France. But, 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 this but, was we, but, we, but we petitioned. Yeah. We petitioned for the help of France. We asked for their help. It's different. Yeah. We actually went but, over there with delegation. Yeah, that's also them. where it gets bad too, because we did ask for French help, but the French already hated the English anyway. Yeah, so I mean, those, so because for them, they were just at war too. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, cool, we can shove it in their face." Of course, we'll do this. Yeah, but that goes back to the United States wanting to help a country out, and we want to go help a country, right? Mm-hmm. And then Russia is like, "Well, no, we're going to get involved now too, because you guys are going." And then it's right. like, "No, well now, you know, you know, all the countries that hate us or hate the country, it's like a." I mean, it's an A and B, dude. It's a us yeah. versus them. There's versus them. Like, if I get involved here, then you, then the next country is like, well, I want to do this too. Well, then I do. And now I do. And now I do. And, I, and I have like 13 countries with their hands in this pot. Yeah, and, 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 now, and the country that didn't want any help at all. Yeah. And now there's 13 countries trying to do things a different way. And then it goes in turmoil. That's but that's so, and that's exactly yes. my point when I say sometimes as shitty as it sounds, I think it's better for people to deal with their own stuff in their country. And and I use the example of America doing that. Yeah. We did we dealt with our own stuff in our country. That's the only reason we're able to exist as a country now is because we dealt with that. And yeah. even though we have to deal with the hanging shame of it, and things, you know, like we some... still have issues with racial stuff and yeah. like everything else. But we are as a country, we are able to we're able to move like even if it's an inch forward, we're able to move forward because we. Had to deal with that ourselves. Yeah, it makes sense. But when you same thing with all European powers, none yeah. of them ever really had to deal with too many foreign powers getting involved in their shit. True. I mean, yeah. Aside because, from the times they took it, yeah. you know, attacked each other. Because then we leave Afghanistan, and what they never, their original issue was never resolved. Exactly. We just distracted them from it and took over other things. Yes. So when we leave, they're back to how they were before. But or maybe maybe close to it. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah, the whole thing better. is that when we leave, no matter what time we leave, this should yeah. be better, not yeah, worse. Yeah, not like yeah, because but, we were involved. Yeah. And that, yeah, so that's what it's really to say is that you, when you think you're helping somebody, basically in this scenario, America could be the therapist or they mm-hmm. could be the yeah. whatever trying to come in. Just yeah. imagine the therapist is like, you know what? Instead of helping you, I'm just going to give you a date. Bam, sedate you. That's basically what happens. Yeah. They come in and just do whatever they have have to to get what they want done. Yeah. In the country at the time, and they might get what they want or whatever, or sorry, what we want because I'm an American. We might get what we want and then leave. Yeah. And then we just we just leave it where it where it's exactly. at. And it doesn't fix anything. Yeah, we we sometimes we go in with good intentions, but they don't always come out that way. Sometimes we go in with selfish intentions. Yeah. Of wanting to benefit ourselves because that's kind of how we are. But yeah, a hundred percent. It just it outlook is different each time. Yeah. So anyway, <clears throat> that was a really deep deep dive, which is not usually political. <laughs> and it kind of did. It wasn't guess, really. It kind of got political, but also just in terms of international diplomacy. Yeah, I think I think a lot of them are meant to be used more as examples yes. than, than it having a political agenda. Yeah, we're trying not to be political here. We're just giving examples here. We don't have any stands for or against 
right now where it's just from an education. The most important thing is everything is an opinion. Yes, but everything's yeah. an opinion. Every single thing. It's not like a, this should be this way. It has to yeah. be this way. It's more of like a, I think, that I had this thought just now as I was talking on this podcast, so I'm saying it now. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, that's the end of this podcast, episode two. It is officially longer now than episode one because of me talking for this last minute. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, hope you enjoyed that really weird and uh, long segue out of uh, our initial beer and uh, Super 73 conversation. <laughs> and so far, we have not talked about potatoes yet. Yes, we have not talked about the potatoes. potatoes. Okay, very good. Well, we can talk about how the name the potatoes came up because we can. That's that's for next time. Yes, for next right. time. Thanks, guys. See you later. Or talk to you later. <laughs>